Hey Star Wars fans, if you're looking to take a Disney Star Wars vacation, we highly recommend using the Jedi Master, Michelle McKnight. She is an independent travel agent with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. Her services are completely free and you can email her directly at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to our special. Welcome to a very special episode of Rope Drop Radio. We got the Jedi Master, Dr. Doug with us and his Padawan, Derek, me, and we just saw Solo. This is our Solo review. Before we dive into the movie, which will be spoiler fold, we're going to go over a couple quick notes on the park uh, because some exciting news just happened. If you listened last week, of course, we've announced it, but if this is your first time tuning into Rope Drop Radio or if you only listen to our Star Wars movie review episodes, Welcome back. And Doug, what is the exciting announcement that Disney has made with Star Wars? Well, they gave us opening dates for Galaxy's Edge in both parks, and they gave us a name of the outpost that is located in Galaxy's Edge. We already knew the planet, but now they gave us a name. So the parks are actually opening these sections. So Disneyland opens in summer 2019. Disney World says late fall 2019 the keyword is late so that could be november and we have on our books maybe the first or second week in december trying to get there and yes shortly after it opens but we can't plan too aggressive because late the word late i don't like that word derek as soon as we know an opening we will make a special announcement and we will invite anyone who's listening to come out and join us waiting in line i don't know if we want to invite everybody i mean there's gonna be enough people there there will be you're right there'll Be enough people shh Keep it on the DL. Don't go. Everyone's going to go to Disneyland. They'll work themselves out. They won't yeah. want to go to Disney World. I don't believe that for a no, second. No, not at all. So, yeah, the late fall 2019 could be November, maybe late October. I would imagine after Columbus Day. They're going to figure out you know. all the issues that Disneyland has yeah. and how to manage lines and the mass of people. And they'll have a better understanding because Disney World is just going to be... chaos for i mean if pandora is still getting heavy traffic now over a year later i can't imagine what star wars is going to be like yeah but the problem at disneyland is all the paths leading back to it in that back corner of the park Mm -hmm. are so much narrower and convoluting and a lot further to go than hollywood studios is like geared up to handle this you know, that's like their purpose. The whole park's purpose is everywhere else is stroller parking for Galaxy's Edge. Where at Disneyland, that isn't the case. So Disneyland's going to have some issues Disney World doesn't have to face. Well, that's ready my... or not, it's, it's coming. coming. We know when and we will be there. And now we know the name. So the planet is Batu. Now the outpost is Black Spire Outpost. So it's an infamous stop for traders, adventurers, smugglers, and others traveling around the Outer Rim. And did I hear a nod in the movie to it? There was a nod, so we'll just leave it at that. But it uh, already made a mention Mm. in a movie. They announced the name of it the same day that it came out. So that was, you know, not a coincidence. They knew it was coming. And it's also going to be in the next Thrawn book. So yes. a lot of people, like your daughter, are pre-ordering My daughter that just, has... just for a glimpse at what uh, Galaxy's Edge is going to look like. Yeah, I think Samantha's favorite Imperial character is definitely Thrawn. And for those of you that don't know who Thrawn is because you've only watched the movies, you want to pick up, like, 
Star Wars Rebels or some of the novels, you can get a lot more detail, a lot more character depth out of the novels. And she's really enjoyed a lot of the novels. And Thrawn is one of her favorites. So if she if she's leaning towards the dark side, Thrawn is her her favorite character right now. She's pre-ordered that book. It comes out like later this summer, I think. I don't know. Well, that'll be that'll be a whole nother topic because where is he in episodes four, five, six? I know we at the, yeah. I know what happened at the end of Rebels, but no, he's not in the movie. So we'll see. Is it spoiler time, Derek? It is spoiler it. time. Oh, Plus, and in the meantime, go meet Chewbacca. He's at Hollywood Studios. There, we said he that. He is. He's not There's walking around Star or anything. Stuff. It's uh, he's still in the launch bay. Yeah, launch bay is still there. Nothing else has changed until it opens. So Kylo Ren still wearing his helmet, even though in the yep. newest movie he's not wearing a helmet. Use your visa to meet him faster. All right. Well, let's dive into Solo, Doug. We have both seen it. It's been out for Mm -hmm. a week now when this uh, episode launches. So hopefully everyone listening has had a chance to catch it. This is our spoiler moment. Spoilers galore because we are going to dive into everything, things we like, dislike, characters, acting. But overall, Doug, walking out of the theater, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to say this. On the level of how good the movie was, Michelle stayed awake for the entire movie. That right there tells you that the action kept coming, the story kept moving, nothing got boring. During Force uh, or Last Jedi, Canto Bite put her to sleep. There was no Canto Bite in this movie. There was no bad scene. There wasn't like a throne room lightsaber duel. There was nothing that amazing like last jedi if you're comparing the two but nothing put michelle to sleep so that means it's way up there i mean she falls asleep in every movie uh, two of my sons actually my two sons both fell asleep in the movie i don't know if that's on you for taking an infant to a movie i don't know if that hey, this counts. is his third movie second star wars movie actually. i don't know yeah i didn't i don't know about that parenting he's not 13 it's that's PG-13. why we went to a matinee that doesn't make the rating lower just saying They've seen anyway. all of them. We, we okay. trust them. They've met Chewbacca. Actually, my uh, six and a half year old daughter did not enjoy the movie, which is funny because she's one of you know she's a pretty big Star Wars fan. I thought she would. In fact, we waited to go today to so she could see it because she was uh, hanging out with her cousin, and uh, I was a little sad that she didn't enjoy it. But my uh, five year old son Declan absolutely loved it when he woke up. The he woke up. Song. He woke up at the perfect moment. Uh, just to jump ahead, it's when Chewbacca was saving Han and he's and gets him. And he goes, "Ah, that was awesome!" And he was into it the rest of the movie. All right. Well, let's work our way through the movie. What do you think of how it opened up on Corellia? I really like that. It's a great setting. Uh, you know what? I thought the CGI was really good. Mm-hmm. Really uh, yep. enjoyed that. You get to see some um, starships getting constructed. Corelli mm-hmm. is a oh, big yeah. like yep. shipyard, basically. So there they are constructing, you know, all these imperial ships while they're down on the lower level, running around trying to do things. So you kind of see the industrial side of the empire, which we haven't really seen in the movies. Saw a lot of it in Rebels. A lot of how the Empire kind of took over planets to industrialize, mm-hmm. manufacture. So that was kind of neat to see in a film, something that we've seen more on the smaller scale where they get more in depth. So I thought that was really neat. We've had mentions of Corellia throughout the whole saga, so it was nice to finally go there. And we went there a couple times. 
Yeah, and I really like the escape scene. I thought that was a great yeah. pace to get the movie going. Uh, showcase, you know, has already Hans got some driving skills, some negotiation, a little bit of fighting skill right off the bat. Uh, you know, it was, it was a great way to start the movie. I think the weirdest thing in the whole movie, though, happened on Corellia, kind of in the midst of the ch- big chase. The Lady Proxima, the big centipede, whatever mm-hmm. the heck she was, that was just a little weird. I don't know. The like they're getting too creative with the characters and the creatures, but. How, however, this thing that can't be exposed to the sunlight that lives in a puddle is running the whole crime organization. Whatever. That was my only complaint. Didn't even uh, think about that till now, but basically I do agree the whole movie. That was a little weird. Um, but yeah, that was it. The whole Corellia part and how he got off Corellia and it separated them. Yep. That was that, you know, set up the whole movie and the, drove the emotional plot line of mm-hmm. the separation and him wanting to get back to. Kira. Well, and what surprised me is we knew he was uh, an Imperial. He went uh, to become a, a pilot, but we didn't see any of that. We didn't see any of his training, his flight school. No, yeah, they went right over jumped all right that. into a he's, battle that he's already he doesn't want to be in. Yep. Navy. He's already been kicked out, and now he's just a mud trooper. Not even a storm trooper. He's lower than that. He is a mud trooper, which has never been on screen before, but been mentioned. Mm-hmm. So we finally saw mud troopers for the first time, where he was literally covered in mud. And then that's where he ran into everybody, basically, except Lando for the rest of the film. Which was a great transition. You know, there's some corruption in the Empire, and uh, I really like Woody Harrelson's character, Beckett. I thought he did a fantastic job. and yeah, Posing uh, as an officer there. And, yep. Okay, and stole some. Sandy Newton did a great job. I really liked her character for her limited screen time. But the character that stole it was right there on that uh, base was Chewbacca. Yeah. And meat. The monster. Yes. <laughs> Feed him to the monster. I, I knew that was coming, but uh, it was really good to see Chewbacca right away. And uh, that's not how they originally had that whole thing from the books, if I remember from correctly. Legends, yes. yeah. Uh, but this, so I really Wars like this legends. canon. Yep. Yeah, this is canon. So Star Wars is like had all these stories written. Disney said, "Yeah, we're gonna rewrite some of it." They pulled in a ton of stuff though from canon, like his battle on Nimbai. That's the muddy planet. That's from Legends. Him going to the Navy, getting kicked out. That's from Legends. Yep. Escaping Corellia. A lot of that did come right from Legends. How he met Chewbacca was a little bit different, but there that had been told like three different ways in Legends. So let's be honest, they didn't need they would have had to pick one anyway i do wish he would have said how he learned wookie like yeah i speak a little wookie he could have said yeah it was an elective in high school or something stupid like that throwaway line because then for the next 20 minutes i'm like how how did he how do you learn that well in the underworld of corellia a lot of things are taught on the streets clearly is one of them so that meeting scene with chewbacca is great and then um, then they finally, they go and Beckett decides to pick him. I had to kind of convince him and they're like, Hey, we do need the muscle. And then they're the kind of, the, a, there was a lot of laughs that weren't forced. The mm-hmm. last Jedi had a lot of forced humor, right? Yes. It felt forced. None of it was forced. Like, you know, they show him washing all the mud off in the shower. And then Chewbacca and then gets in the shower. Yeah. In. Like, um, maybe I do this alone, but yeah, that was pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed that. And then the uh, great train robbery scene was a lot of fun, action-packed. I actually expected that to be at the end via the trailer, so it surprised me a little bit that it came so soon. 
that was a plot well, driver, not little Captain plot. America in there though. Uh, the snowy covered mountains train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Aldo's like, "Is that Hoth?" I'm like, "No, dude. They just said the name of the planet. Like, pay attention, pay attention." But uh, yeah, that was a good scene. A lot of good action. Um, you know, they they killed off Val real quick. We did barely got to well, know. Sandy Newton's gotta keep working on Westworld. I guess so. She was. She she could have had a little more of her to get a little more attached, mm-hmm. and then the other character I can't remember his name, little monkey like dude. Yeah, was shot um, and killed in there. Yeah, as well. we didn't, he was hilarious. But the scene where they're sitting around the campfire talking, you know, he's translating for Chewie, and you get to see how he got his blaster, you know, his yep. Beckett's blaster that he took all apart and tossed to him, and that's the blaster he kept. And, so that was neat. It set up a lot of things there with that little group, and then they kind of moved forward after that because Infus Nest, a whole different group of what they called marauders, you know, a different crime organization. You know, they were stealing the fuel stuff for one crime thing. Another crime thing came in. Let me just say this: we've had what ten Star Wars movies now? No, yeah, ten. Yep. Episode Eight, Rogue One, Solo, ten movies, eight movies. Never heard a thing about fuel. Not once. I know. And then running out of fuel. And that was the whole plot of The Last Jedi. And in this movie, like half of it's driven by buying, you know, refined fuel. It's it's, all of a sudden fuel matters. I guess there's a gas shortage in the galaxy now. That's been a running gag. I've seen plenty of memes about it. And it's just, yeah, at least they're talking about it. like, you know, next the next movie we get, maybe we'll finally know that there is – they do go to the bathroom because we've never seen anybody go to the bathroom in space. So That's true. That's the never big. seen the Millennium Falcon's bathroom. No. Now we know there's showers in space, but uh, we're getting close. There is plumbing now. I think that was the first bit of plumbing we've ever seen was that shower scene shared by Han and Chewie. Yes. Not, not was, the shower scene you'd expect, but – No. Pretty funny, though, when he's like – What's your name anyway? And, you know, Chewbacca says a whole bunch of stuff. He's like, yeah, you're going to need a nickname. <laughs> so you get a lot of little nuggets, a lot of Easter eggs hidden throughout. There were a lot of Easter eggs. We'll keep diving into them. Uh, we fast forward and, you know, meet back up with uh, Kira from Game of Thrones. Uh, what, Star Wars really, not Star Wars and Marvel. Everyone's liking to grab these uh, Game of Thrones actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Why not? So... Yeah, because they got to go tell uh, you know the overlords that they didn't get their fuel, and yeah. so they come Played up with Plan B. And Paul Bettany's in the movie, Paul so Bettany, you got yeah, that vision. Alden was waiting for him to fly and shoot something out of his head. So I'm like, dude, that's not going to happen. That's wrong, wrong movie. But that was good. They came up with a Plan B, and you know, little twists and turns, and so they find out, you know. It sets up the Kessel run mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And it sends them back to Kessel and it puts Kira and Han back together. But they need a ship. And she knows a guy. Or Beck was, she knew, she she knew, knew Lando. She knew guy, yep. She set up Lando. So he goes to play cards. We got to see the card game. We did see the card game with Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. And let me say, out of all the actors to portray a, you know, a different person who's portrayed a different character, or the same character, he nailed it above anyone else yeah he was he was fantastic and we kind of expected that mm-hmm. casting wise but here i have to say i really liked alden Enright and as solo 
I mean, he, I thought he did a great job. He had the persona, the personality, the arrogance, but like the innocence that we were going for in this movie. And by the end of the movie, you could tell he wasn't, he didn't trust people by the end, right? You got to see that growth in the character. You got a little bit of bromance between Han and Chewie. I think he did great. See, I disagree. But you, I went into it. I didn't like. Well, I didn't like him in the the trailers. Um, I thought he did okay. I thought there are scenes that he did really well, and there are other scenes that just fell so flat. Uh, It was very frustrating. His acting was inconsistent to me through the movie. Han is an inconsistent character. He was growing, Derek. That's what that was. It was growth of the character. There was depth. That's really the only thing with depths in the movie. The movie was not very deep. It was just fun. A lot of fun. It's really hard to portray a famous character. Like Chris Pine playing Captain Kirk could have done a Kirk like this through the whole movie. But he didn't. He kind of take his own way to it. And I think Alden, for me, could have went super Harrison Ford or would have went super himself and kind of got swayed both ways throughout the film where I'm like oh yeah that was great the finger pointing and nailed that and then he would go just back and forth and and it bugged me a couple scenes not a lot but there were some scenes that just he took me out of the movie all right well anyway the card game so it's the card game we expected right where Han wins the Millennium Falcon but that wasn't but he doesn't win no it wasn't so a little twist there and, you know, then they negotiate terms for a ship, and then it turns out his ship's impounded anyway. So that was kind that of... That was kind of weird. Like, yeah, you know, why not just have his ship... Like, clearly he was in trouble financially at that point, other than he had lots of capes. I felt like that was just a way to pad some runtime. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you got to get it out of the locks. Yeah, Chewie, I need your help. I, it didn't need to be yeah. there. It was kind of pointless nope. to me. And uh, that's also where we meet his droid, which... In Legends, he had a droid that he was, Lando was maybe more than a, like, he's not really the owner of the droid. The droid is its own person, and that was very clear, that the droid was independent Mm -hmm. of Lando. Like, they were a team, not, it wasn't nearly like the normal, you know, person-droid relationship. The L3 was interesting. What did you think of L3? overall well we're continuing this trend of the sarcastic droid that kind of steals the movie a little bit yeah uh, like we got in rogue one i did like l3 uh, you know mm-hmm. really wanted to liberate the other droids i thought she was really funny um, yeah and then puppeteering cgi whatever was really yeah. great uh, i was in character with it. and then the whole when, when she gets shot and donald glover reacts i was i kind of got emotional there I mean, and similarly, you could see that if BB-8 got shot, mm-hmm. like, Poe would be a mess, and, you know, R2's just made it all the way through, but think of all the different characters that could have had a meltdown if R2 got, yeah. you know, destroyed. So, you got to see another droid death scene. Uh, Rogue One had one, where, the droid, uh, you know, K2SO went down on a blaze of glory, glory when he finally got his gun, and here, uh, L3 finally got to liberate, and... uh yeah, she went down with that ship, but she didn't really. We'll get to that though. So they go back to Kessel to a to a mining colony there, which we haven't seen on screen. But the cartoons have definitely between uh, uh, Rebels and Clone and Wars Clone have Wars done too. a lot with the mining colonies. It's a huge plot line because after 
the Empire took over, they enslaved all the Wookiees. Yep. That was the whole planet got enslaved, except a few that kind of hid away. So a lot of Wookiees enslaved, a lot of other entire planets enslaved, and they put them in the mines. So here they were in a mine on Kessel, and lo and behold, Chewbacca ran into a whole bunch of Wookiees. L3 hit a button up in the control room that liberated Everybody. all the slaves, droids, and uh, you know living beings combined. So it was chaos, and a lot of Chewie, or Wookiees escaped. That was kind of cool. And that's when L3 went down when they were getting away there, but... It was a great scene as Han's trying to, you know, steal all of the unrefined, what was it, coaxium? Yeah, something like Did that. Did they call it? Yeah. See, the the fuel. fuel. We'll just call the it fuel. fuel. Unrefined. And Unre- it had to be yes. refined before it blew up. That was the next driver of the plot. So they're escaping. And that's what we, we go to the castle run because we go into some horrible nebula of death. Where they didn't call that well creature a purgle, but I'm assuming it's a purgle that was trying to eat them. I was wondering about that. They're from Rebels, am I right? Yeah, they yeah. made an appearance in Rebels. They were they, they were in Legends well before that, so it was one of those that they pulled out of it, Legends. I really didn't think that needed to be in there. There was enough going on. Yeah, didn't I didn't need. I didn't need. Yeah, and another animal. I thought that again was something that padded the runtime a bit, uh, and they only used it to eject the uh, the pod to make it look like the normal Millennium Falcon. Because yep. a lot of people were having issues with that. It's like that doesn't look right. They're in the nope. front, and so they did use that. Uh, he added an escape pod. That's where it was. So that's mm-hmm. a missing escape pod. So that also explains why in Coruscant, back in the first three films, the prequels, you see the Millennium Falcon in the one scene, and it looks like the one you're used to. And so people are like, well, we've already seen it. So he added the escape pod, changed the look, and then they ejected the escape pod. That's why it looked that way, didn't look that way, and now looks that way. And it's nice and pretty, and then it's in that gravitational pull while they're starting the Kessel Run. And that's when we just see the Millennium Falcon go from pristine and gorgeous to a hunk of junk. Yes, like, in seconds. Mixing that it's, fuel with it. Yeah. And blows so out everything they, pretty yeah. much. They do that. Great sound effects. The sound yeah. mixing for this film was phenomenal. As as always. I don't know yeah. why Star Wars doesn't win the sound mixing Oscar every year. Even years they don't have a movie. Like, I I just don't and I've seen some of the other movies that win and I'm like, no, I don't I don't no, there's politics at play here. Clearly politics at play. So it and so they put the unrefined fuel into the fuel line and that shoots them out of there which is how he was able to do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs if you round down. If you round down. I like that line. Yeah, that uh, was it, a good one. I, I expected the Kessel Run wasn't what I was expecting via the movie. Uh, I was kind of hoping that it would be all Han, like no need for – it's like Fast and the Furious and they use Nas. Uh, I was kind of hoping yeah, be Han's pilot they, skills that make him do the Kessel Run. It's a combination of the, you know, Nas and – L3 because they take the brain out of the droid, put it into the Falcon. So in other movies where like C-3PO argues with the Millennium Falcons system Mm -hmm. in one movie, I don't remember which one, basically arguing with L3. Then L3 then lives on in the ship. It's a navigational computer. So that's why the Millennium Falcon could do it between L3 and the, you know, unrefined coaxium, whatever it is. The NOS. NOS. Yeah, and and Han did navigate them to that point. I don't know many people would have 
He got some I mean, great, you know, the way he used the great. ship to hit some TIE fighters yeah. and off the ground. And uh, you had that one throwaway line. You're 190 years old. You look great. Yeah. yeah. So a few fun Just in the middle of action. Yep. Uh, Woody yeah. Harrelson shooting some things out of the cannon. Uh, just, yeah. it, was, it was good. It was, it was a lot of fun. I like it. And Chewie showing that he knows how to fly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew Chewie knew how to fly because of the prequels. Because mm-hmm. he was in those with Yoda. So, yeah, it all tied that together. And then uh, they get to whatever planet that, you know, of course, one that was all sand. Because you can't have a Star Wars movie without a planet totally covered in sand. I mean, every Star Wars movie involves just sand, doesn't it? Not Empire. It, it never goes to Tatooine? Nope, not an Empire. All right, fine. Not yeah. Empire. Well, anyway, this movie was also written by the same guy that wrote Empire plus his son. So in case people were wondering, that's why I think I liked it so much. If you liked Empire, this was this was for you. They get it refined, and then Infus Ness shows up to spoil the party, and that's when you learn that Infus Ness is really a rebel cell. Yep. Like an early rebel cell, and then they kind of went – like Han just kind of agreed with them really quick. Yeah. It didn't take he much jumped a little scene. bit, yep. And then he gets backstabbed by Beckett, and that goes back and, then, and forth. And then he backstabs Beckett. And then – and so they finally, you know, do their thing and a lot of plot. How did they make the forth. fake the fake fuel thing so fast? It wasn't fake. That was the real fuel. Oh, you're right. The, it was. Yeah, they took the real fuel in and the fake was out there. Yeah. Like that was part of the twist that Beckett didn't know. Yes, that you're right. Sorry, Beckett, that, I forgot about that for a second. He was prepared for Beckett to double cross him. But then the double double cross and then Kara you know, helped him and killed Paul Bettany's character, whose name I can't remember because, you know, he's the overlord of the crime syndicate who was... And then... The the big twist? The big twist. that big I, twist. We all, you, I, you know, other people, the rebels knew it was coming. It, like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally fits the timeline perfectly. And when Kara gets on there, it's like, he is dead. I'm now in charge of this faction. And lo and behold, she's talking to Darth Maul. And so I have to wonder, I need to talk to some of my friends that just watched the movies and see what they thought of Darth Maul showing up. Because they've got to be thinking like, wait, that's the guy that got cut in half and fell down a hole. Back in like, 1999. Like, what the heck is he doing here? Like, that has to be. I was kind of, so we went, you know, later showing. And so uh, we didn't go opening day. I, I kind of miss that opening day where everyone was like, I would have loved, loved to get that, yeah, that kind was, of reaction. There was a gasp, and after the movie, while the trailer started, like the credits started, um, the guy next to us asked, is there an end scene? Is this like a Marvel movie? Like, no, this Star Wars is better than that. They don't need to tease us. And uh, he's like, how is that guy? I don't know. We're wearing solo shirts that we made say Alden because Alden was super excited about Alden being in the movie. So uh, this guy's like clearly realized we were nerds, bigger nerds than he was. He's like, how is that Sith Lord in the movie at the end? Like he didn't even know his name, which I mean, if all you've seen is the movies, nobody's rewatching Phantom Menace. Not, but not, I mean, they might I mean, now. Maybe on accident when it's on like TNT leading into an NBA game. But nobody's watching that on purpose. And Darth Maul was huge through the Clone Wars because he was in charge of different crime circuits. Yep. So perfect fitting with the timeline. 
because that just kind of continued into Rebels. And uh, I loved you know, him that in was, Rebels. It was great, and we finally like he he gave up his crime ways because he just got obsessed once he learned Obi Wan was still alive. Mm-hmm. So that was his undoing. But yeah, it was a great use of Maul, and Michelle was a little bit like. How is he in this? I know he's still alive because Samantha has told me things from Clone Wars, but Clone Wars a long time ago, right? I'm like, yeah, Clone Wars was well before that. He's pretty old mm-hmm. in this movie. Because he's got the robotic was... legs. He had that weird scorpion yeah, legs like a, for a while. And now it's He was all... like an octopus almost yeah. for a little bit. Then yeah, they just but... put two legs on him because that was too I, I am a little confused with it on where it exactly falls in the timeline. Seven years before Battle of Yevon. So pre-Star Wars Rebels. But in Rebels, didn't he have the octopus legs? No, Rebels, he had just two legs. He always had two? Okay, I'm I'm getting Clone Wars mixed up with Rebels. That was Clone Wars, yeah. uh, Oh, when they're in the cave, yes. Now I'm flashing back. Okay, yep, but it's... I know as a casual viewer, when you jump around, it 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 can get confusing. Yeah. But it was a great twist, and it and sets Kira, up I mean, other stuff. Yeah, what, what, that, it was so I was, cold. It was one of those, care about one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is where I want the movie to start. Yeah, yeah. Just it was see like, great character the, development there, and now I want to know more about her. We may never see her again, you know, except in comics and books and things. But And then you got out, you know, Hans tracking down Beckett and Chewie because he stole the unrefined or now refined fuel yep and uh he confronts him they have a little you know heart to heart talking because mentor mentee type of thing he's been double crossed like three times by beckett and then what does han do han shoots first he shoots first that was yeah mid mid monologue yeah just boom shot him that was great and then he was alive enough to finish his monologue but Mm -hmm. He shot first, so now that question's answered. He's just gonna shoot first for now on. Take that, Greedo. And that uh, that pretty much mostly wraps up the movie. Oh no! no well, he's got he's got scene. yeah. They got the uh little bit of fuel that he's gonna use uh, to buy his ship back. Yep, from Lando, and goes and plays Lando in the actual card game. Yeah, and I believe that's when they went to Black Spire Outpost for the catch up with Lando. And they play another round of cards, but they look like they're going to attack him when they first see him. However, they figured out that he cheated in the first game because all of whatever card he threw down last, it's like all four of those have been played. There's not five in a deck. So Han was counting cards, which isn't against the rules, right? In Vegas, you're not supposed to, but they got to catch you. But he saw how he's cheating with something up his sleeve, so when he gives him a hug, he... Yep, maybe took the uh, card. Took took the cards. Han's there trying to grab that last card, and and he holds up. He caught him cheating, so he won the Falcon right at the end of the movie. And then you roll credits. That was a great ending. That was that was perfect way to end it. Uh, I know, and then him, he's going off to Tatooine to meet up with Jabba, and yeah, I heard about a job. Th- then you kind of frozen in carbonite, you know. The, the way I really wanted this movie to end, and hopefully there is a sequel, because I really want the movie to end with a Luke Skywalker walking down, you see the back of his head kind of thing. And Tatooine. Want... Okay. 
Kind of like in in uh, Rogue One, it ends with Leia getting yeah. The disc. Okay. Yeah. I, I was hoping this would end the same way. You wanted more tie-ins to the saga, like I, w- I wanted complete tie-in. Be really neat to see him with Jabba. Yeah, that I, that I think if there's a sequel to this, I think it would be the Jabba. Job. I read that book, even though it's not canon, uh, give or take twenty-ish years ago, and I really liked it. It was it was very well done, and I like uh, the Jabba and Han stuff because they were actually friends. They worked and, together a lot, and in and yeah, and and Jabba gave him. You know, some of the biggest honors that don't even go to humans. They usually only go to huts. And so they had a great partnership. And I think that could be a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the one job. I joked about, you know, going to do the job that's going to get him frozen carbonite. But like I said, that's seven years earlier mm-hmm. than... So he had plenty of time to build that relationship with Jabba. And there's lots of other huts out there, too, that are in the Clone Wars... And throughout those, so the whole hut circuit would be interesting to, I mean, you could go to lots of different planets. It's yep. just not Tantooine. They control the whole section of the galaxy. And there you go. There's our, there's our sequel we want. You didn't even want this movie. Now you want a sequel. There's parts of the sequel I absolutely want. And I've heard rumors that Donald Glover's already been talked to about a Lando spinoff because his character has gotten mm-hmm. so much praise. So and- it would be good to give Lando his own lead, and like Han would be in it. All yep. these characters sign you sign a picture deal, a yep. three picture deal. So you got Han and Kira and Lando and Chewie all signed up for three of these. As long now, as Billy D. Williams narrates the Lando story, I'm good. <laughs> Bring him back into it somehow. Yeah, and before we're done, I have to say Samantha walked out and said, well, once again, a lousy Star Wars movie because Ahsoka Tano was not in it. So until Ahsoka Tano is in a movie, she's going to say that. That's Will her. she ever be in a movie? Oh, the if depending on what section of Obi-Wan's life they're doing in the next standalone movie, which hasn't officially been announced, but my gosh, they've done everything but announce the Obi-Wan movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Ewan McGregor's like, maybe I have this beard for a reason. Like, basically got done filming Christopher Robin, and started I believe he started filming. A beard, yep. Yeah, he, yeah. So, Ahsoka should and show And hopefully that movie that. has the Darth Maul fight scene in it as well. That we see in Rebels? Yes. Or... Because, yeah, that would be a good one. That would be a good place. And there's no reason for Ahsoka, Darth Maul, not to make an appearance. That's where Ahsoka needs to show up if we're ever going to see her on the big screen. Is the Han Solo movie. Time will tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or episode 9. Sam would be happy with either. I don't know <laughs> how that would be possible. but Did you not see the finale of Rebels yet? I have. It's very possible. That was years after The Last Jedi. Her and Sabine were going to go look for Ezra in deep space. She'd still be quite a bit older because that's way before the First Order. She can live pretty long. Her her species is going to outlive humans. Okay. See, I don't know that. I have a daughter that reads all the books, and then I ask her for the cliff notes. That's good. Smart. Yeah, it's great. And then I watch um, YouTube videos. Like, There's a channel called Star Wars Explained, so if anybody's a big Star Wars fan and 
wonders where we get some of our information, I would recommend Star Wars Explained. It's a great uh, video. They have a couple up for Solo already, one with all the Easter eggs for super nerds like me. Oh, best Easter egg, Work Davis. The original R two D two. Yeah, yeah. Where? What was he? He was um, the, the, the little person at the end who all loaded up. Yeah. Okay. That was one of my favorites. He also played uh, the Ewok. Um, Wicked the Ewok. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, he is Wicked. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember. My brain just wasn't working there. What was Anthony Daniels? He was a character too, but I don't remember. C-3PO's, the guy that played C-3PO, is the only person that's been in every single movie, so C-3PO did not make an appearance in this, which I'm glad he didn't. I am as that, well. That would have been more forced than Rogue One. That was His cameo in Rogue One was just... Like, yes. That should have been on the cutting room floor. Like They could have incorporated way better. He could have just been in the background of one mm -hmm. of the scenes where they're all meeting and talking. Yep. That would have made sense, but he didn't need a line. He didn't... Anyway, that's a tangent. But he played some other character, and I'll have to look that up. But if you're listening and you're concerned, I'm sure Star Wars Explains would be a great source to go um, get. It's not too nerdy. It's just nerdy enough. It's my YouTube recommendation for the day. That should be a, that should be a special start of every part of every show, Derek, our YouTube video recommendation of the day. No, because we want people listening to this, not watching YouTube. All right, fine. Don't watch YouTube. It's a big waste of your time. Yeah. You can't walk around. Like, you can, you can listen, listen to, a to, you can listen to podcasts while working on dental teeth. Yeah, I don't know. That'd probably get, I'd probably get laugh. a little bit. All right, let's finish it up before we get on too many rabbit trails. Scale to 1 to 10, Doug, what do you give it? Well, I, I, I like to grade, like, my Star Wars movies. I've decided I can't give them all 10s because in the grand scheme of movies – They'd all be nines or tens. So that's no fun. I was thinking about this because I knew you'd ask me. So if I said like Phantom Menace was like a two, right? Which it's not, I still love it. It's like an eight. It's the lowest. And the, the, I would put this at like a six, seven. It's above the halfway mark. You know, I think Rogue One was a hair better. Maybe, I probably I, liked I it. I liked Rogue One better. more. I will agree I, with that. I probably liked it a touch better than Last Jedi. Last Jedi made me think a lot. Yep, and I like this I didn't, more than Last Jedi. I didn't have to think at all. And I think if I, when I see it the second time, because I've only seen it once, I'm just gonna really. That's when I'm gonna find all the Easter eggs. At, yeah, I've just only seen it once so far. How about you? On a scale of one to ten, it's in between six and a half, seven. I did like it more than um, the prequels, but I liked Rogue One a lot more. Not yeah, pinch more. It entertained me the whole time, so that's good. And there's a good popcorn flick. But yeah. we talked about this before. It's not doing that well at the box office. And I think you nailed it on the head off air. We were talking about there's a lot of movie fatigue right now. The reason yeah. why I didn't see it opening night, and that's a first for me and Star Wars. I usually go Thursday or Friday, and I waited till Monday to see this, uh, Memorial Day. It's just we saw Avengers and we're going to see Incredibles and we saw Black Panther. I, just a couple other movies in there we saw. It's just I'm getting and tired. Movies that are all kind of the same, you know, action, dra fiction, drama, you know. The Marvel and Star Wars is not that separated even though they're totally different. But uh, the average moviegoer, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. it, 
you put this movie in its Christmas release, it's going up against different types of movies. Like, November does not have the same sort of releases, so I think that's part of it. I don't know why they did the spring, the memorial release for this, as opposed to December. Deadpool 2? I haven't even seen that yet. I haven't seen it yet either. I just haven't had time to get in and see it, and it's killing me. But, yeah, I saw Avengers twice, once with my son and then once with his soccer team, the uh, Plattsmouth Avengers, who I coach. We took all the boys to see the Avengers. That's that's why. I mean, so, yeah, I I think it's more that. And there's some people that, there's the hashtag, like, not my Han, because they're just grumpy that they didn't cast Harrison Ford in the movie. But come on, Harrison Ford is not in any shape to play a young Han Solo. Like, it would have been ridiculous. It would have cost him a gazillion dollars in CGI. Yeah, that CGI effect, it, it, it's been okay for some of those, you know, like some Thrawn, of the films. Or, uh, not Thrawn, Thrawn. but um, um, when they did uh, Tarkin. Like, that was terrible. Tar- it, and that's him just standing there, right? Yep. It's not an action scene. How would Harrison Ford do the action stuff and pushing unrefined fuel through a mine and... Oh, we totally forgot one of the highlights of the movie, Derek. What was that? You know, he always says, don't make a Wookiee mad. He'll pull your arm out of his socket. Oh, and he pulled arms pulls out of his socket. I loved it. That suit was going to be perfect for me. Yeah, that was the one uniform that was going to fit me. Like, he didn't even say, like, you pulled his arm out of his socket. It was a joke about that. I was See, the comedy was not forced. I, I think that has to do a lot with the casting. So, and Ron, I think Ron Howard did a good job taking it over and... Oh yeah, and he Ron was the Howard. Right pick. He he didn't give us anything too crazy. It was a very safe mm-hmm. Star Wars movie, but he didn't give us anything bad. Yep, there wasn't anything bad in that movie. And that's what Kathleen Kennedy wanted. Just higher than the middle of the road. Yep, we don't need up here. We don't we don't want down here. Now let's Better just have JJ Abrams take us home with Episode Nine. Yep. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Sounds good. All right. Well, that is our review, but we want to hear from you. What did you think of the film? Let's get the discussion going on social media. So log in uh, after you listen to this and give us a comment. It'll be all over Twitter and Facebook. And if you don't like and follow us, be sure to do that. And if you would like to learn more about the Star Wars experience, either at Disneyland or Disney World, Whenever you want to go to Galaxy Edge or Batuu when it opens up, we highly recommend talking to Michelle McKnight. She will tell you don't go the first six months unless you're crazy uh, because it's going to be like we're going to be there. You can live vicariously through our YouTube page. Uh, But um, yeah, that's you got to give her a shout out and uh, and her email will be in the show notes. So uh, ask her any questions you might have or get a free quote and she can help you with all your Disney travel as well. But that is all the time for our review. For Doug the Jedi Master McKnight, I'm Derek, his Padawan. Have a good night.